Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, yes. What a glorious, glorious Tuesday morning. Live for me back here in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'll tell you what, Sid, I, I was really happy to get home yesterday, but I made a a cardinal sin. I, I dressed for the city I was leaving, not for the city I was arriving in. So I Yikes. got off of the plane yesterday and waited 20 minutes, <laughs> 20 minutes for my Uber uh, in shorts and a short sleeve button up uh, in 48 degree weather. Uh, which just does not hit the same coming from 75, 76, 80 degrees uh, in Dallas, Texas. But regardless, it was great to get home last night. A little difficult to get through Raw, I'm not going to lie, but it seems like I'm not alone in that fact. It seems like I'm not alone. You you tell me. Was it just me being tired AF, uh, or did, did Raw just kind of fail to deliver on the expectations last night? I mean, to to say that Raw didn't deliver on the expectations would be the understatement of the year. Uh, this Raw after WrestleMania, uh, you know, people were expecting something big, debuts, returns, you know, title changes, and we got all of that, but it was in the guise of a regular damn Raw. That's what <laughs> people got in, in response to their expectations of the Raw after WrestleMania. Yeah, it was... I don't know. It just seemed weird. Something just felt off. And I think a lot of it had to do with WWE loving to do this thing where they mute the crowd because I talked to several people who were in the crowd and they said, Hey, it's live. It's loud in the arena. But then like you hear it and outside of like Cody's promo, it sounded dead. It sounded absolutely dead on TV. I don't know why WWE loves to turn the volume down on the crowd. Maybe it's, they don't trust uh, the raw after uh, audience to do what, they want to do but at the end of the day screw that man it's about having fun let your audience have fun if they want to boo bianca out of the building or they want to cheer for i don't know pick, uh, ezekiel let them man just let them we'll get into that we will get into all of that uh we did have a few returns last night a couple surprises braun breaker defeated Dolph ziggler to recapture the nxt championship i will do that cody cuts his first promo Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan are about to split up, or are they? Why does WWE do this with all of its women's tag teams? MVP hey. turned his back on uh, Bobby Lashley last night. Yes, go ahead, SP3. The big news of the Raw after WrestleMania, the biggest news to come out is that for the first time, we are live on the Believe in oh, Pro yeah, Wrestling right. podcast YouTube channel, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, all the people that regularly would comment in the live chat on the premiere, we can interact with you. So don't be shy. Let us know what you thought about the Raw after WrestleMania because we can actually engage with you. Yes, this isn't a pre-record. We are here live, ladies and gentlemen. So that's the best news to come out of Raw after <laughs> WrestleMania. Thank you for diving in with that because I got on full like roller coaster mode and forgot to mention the fact that, yeah, we are actually live today. So we appreciate everybody here. Get your comments in. Reagan, our, our you know, our, our longtime fan. Reagan's been with me since uh, I did a wrestling show on radio, local radio, uh, years ago at this point. So I appreciate Reagan being here for this uh, to break down what was an 
epic uh, Raw after Mania last night. Real quick, though, before we start diving into everything, got to give a shout out to our friends over at Bet Online. Would not be here without them. I guess there was a national championship game last night, SP3. I was trying to focus on Raw and keyword trying my best, but uh, the Kansas Jayhawks, congratulations to them. They are the new national champions of college basketball. And congratulations to everybody who bet on Kansas via Bet Online. Head on over to betonline.ag on your desktop, on your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is B L E A V. College basketball is done, NBA is still around. Baseball is right around the corner. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of your updated odds and info, along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It is the best source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It is super easy to get started. So join today. Learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And, and SP3 will start here with the overall feel of Monday Night Raw last night. Like I said, I'm exhausted. I'm jet lagged. Uh, I saw my kids for the first time in five days, so they wore me out. That was great, though. Uh, so they wore me out for for two hours, gave the wife a bit of a break from them for a little bit, and then I sat down to watch Raw, and I'm like, okay, Cody's got me fired up. Yeah, and then the rest of the show happened. Um, and apparently it, it wasn't just me on this one. I'm seeing a lot of people tweeting out like, okay, we're waiting for something like everybody it felt like everybody was waiting for something and even though we got some title changes a few returns a couple of surprises twists and turns like you had mentioned it just fell kind of flat was that wwe's fault or did burnout from a long weekend and high expectations play a role in that no it just fell flat it just fell flat. Everything felt very hollow on the show. There was no feeling of this being the season premiere, the kickstart exactly. of, of a new exactly. year for WWE. There was none of that feeling. Cody's promo was really good, but if you've seen the best of Cody in AEW, I wouldn't call that one of his better his better promo. It felt, that felt kind of hollow as well. So, you know, I'm one of the people that enjoyed Cody's promo, but I definitely understand the, the fan base of people who didn't enjoy it. But that was the only moment of the night that felt like it was the Raw after WrestleMania. And even that didn't really give us, you know, the 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 feeling of, oh, we're going to see something new from Cody because Seth Rollins is the person that came out, the guy that he just beat at WrestleMania 38. So you pretty much figure he's, we're getting something. He kind of, you know, uh, gave him the stamp of approval in a way, but we can kind of see that we're probably going to get a rematch there. Uh, you get Bianca Belair with the, uh, you see the improvement in her promo ability, but there was no feeling of something new there. I felt like this was just a placeholder because they wanted to give Becky the night off and they're going to go right back to that matchup. Oh. Then you you build up the whole night for our undisputed WWE Universal Champion to address the crowd, to say something, and it turns into a damn Q4 conference call where I'm learning the WWE business. Well, you did record business in SummerSlam. You did record business at Survivor Series. You did record business at Royal Rumble. You did record business at Royal uh, WrestleMania, the first million dollar year in WWE history, 46% up on the Peacock Network. This is all under Roman Reigns. And then Roman Reigns says, watch SmackDown. Acknowledge me, Dallas. <laughs> and 
and and we go home. That's how we ended the Raw after WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, there was a bunch of there was there was a debut. Veer after six months of edging has finally come. Uh, we got we got we had you know uh, a new version of Elias or. If you want to say his younger brother, to me, it looked like Stu Pickles on steroids. Um, but, you know, there was a couple of stuff. You know, yeah, Braun Breaker lost that stand and deliver to win on the Raw. After and we'll dive into that specifically. There, yeah, yeah right. there was stuff that happened. There's a bunch of noteworthy things that you could list off. But all of it felt very hollow and all of it fell very flat. I think it's WWE just didn't really put their all into it like they did at WrestleMania 38. For all the stuff I said negative about WrestleMania night two, there was at least an effort there. Yes, yeah, sure, I didn't feel no after no effort here. I think one of the reasons why it kind of fell flat is, you know, everybody tunes in for the shock factor. Everybody tunes in for like the debuts or, or something really major to happen. And the problem with that is Raw don't need no damn debuts. Raw doesn't need an infusion of talent. They don't. Their roster is set. Their debuts happened already. Braun Breaker, they brought him up a couple weeks ago. He kind of got that soft opening. And then even though he won the NXT championship, the fact that he won that on Raw tells me that he's going to be pulling double duty. They got Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. So that's their, they already had their big infusion of new talent. They get Cody Rhodes. They win. They don't need Bailey to show up. They don't need Asuka to show up. They don't need LA Knight or anybody else from NXT to show up and be on Monday Night Raw. SmackDown needs those people. And that's what I think we're going to get on Friday, or at least I hope that's what we get on Friday. Did it make sense for Bailey to be in Dallas? Thanks to the internet. We know Bailey was in Dallas. She was doing a ton of promotional stuff, like promotional appearances at basketball games and things like that, like leading up to WrestleMania for them. Did it make sense to have her in Dallas and not use her? No, but we don't know if she's ready. We don't know if she just showed up to support her friends on her own. We don't know WWE called her in or not. But again, when you look at the full landscape of everything it does seem kind of like weird that she was there and not utilized but i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that i think smackdown is the roster that's going to get the infusion of new talent because they need them there they need more people over there because that roster has been pillaged so much um and yeah roman said hey look we'll, we'll find out what's next on smackdown you want to know why because the guy who's going to challenge him next is probably on smackdown and drew mcintyre we talked about Who's going to be next on our on our our night two recap? Yeah, the two options, the the other two options that we mentioned. Cody says he's coming after the WWE Championship, but like you said, it looks like he's going to be doing something with Seth Rollins for maybe a little bit, and I'm I'm fine with that. There's a lot of history that they can dive in, actual personal history that they can dive into with those guys and do really really well. They don't need to jump right into that. And MVP and Bobby Lashley and Omos look like they're going to be busy for a little bit here, so it looks like it's going to be Roman and Drew. I'm fine with that. But yeah, when you put everything together and you throw all that onto Raw and really the only major headlines we have to talk about are, are Veer finally very, coming very aggressively on Monday Night Raw and Ezekiel, yeah, that's it, it all adds up to a bit of a letdown. Yeah, it, it was a whimper. Like at least, at least like like I said, with WrestleMania night two. It went. Rando's out. absolutely right. By the way, he kind of does look like L.A. Knight just with long hair. And I saw somebody saying they're going to introduce L.A. Knight as the older brother of Elias. And I'm like, don't you put that evil on me? Don't absolutely. you dare do that. Do it. Do it. <laughs> uh, I I say Stu Pickles on steroids, a jacked up Stu Pickles or a Lard uh, Fakwa from uh, Shrek. Uh so Lord Fakwa. <laughs> 
there, there was a, a bunch of Lord Farquaad. <laughs> there was a bunch of good, good memes and stuff to come out of that. And the the before and after is just a great, a great visual right there for uh you know Elias and his younger brother brother Ezekiel. But yeah, it was just a lot of puzzling decisions. Uh the women's tag team division, which I was very happy about coming out of night uh night two. And now I don't really feel that positive about because they made Rick sad with teasing a breakup of one team and then they just broke up the former champions. Like, it's just like nothing out of this show is really that noteworthy. Like, Veer, even Veer's debut, it wasn't something that lit the world on fire. Elias's, uh, Ezekiel's re-debut didn't set the world on fire, but... I, I mean, at least we have stuff to talk about on this show. At least they did stuff. It just yeah. didn't, they didn't put enough effort into it. And that's why Raw after WrestleMania felt flat. And why a lot of people, like two hours in, were like, like yo, they better do something in this last hour. Up. And they didn't. Yeah, no, they just didn't. Uh, I guess one of the big shock factors of the, the, the night was Braun Breaker getting his rematch, which, okay, I'm, I'm fine with. Robert Roode did kind of screw him out of it there. But then he defeats Dolph Ziggler. So they had him lose at Stand and Deliver. And then they had him beat Dolph Ziggler on Monday Night Raw in a match that, I'm sorry, just wasn't as good. It wasn't. It was a good match at Stand and Deliver. And it was a good match on Raw. But this one just didn't live up to that, to that same um, presentation that they had. It just felt like a big fight feel uh, in Dallas at, at Stand and Deliver. It did not feel this way on hour number one uh, of Monday Night Raw. But Breaker wins, and it's like, okay, why'd you do that? Now, is it just to kind of introduce Braun to, to, the, to the Raw audience that, okay, this guy is a legit big deal and we have big plans for him? Or was this just saying, hey, let's try to give him a, a, a bigger audience for this title win, which I don't think makes a ton of sense because I think the audience at Stand and Deliver, like, they like NXT. They were there for a reason because they follow NXT. Those are your, well, that's your core audience. I felt like that audience deserved to see Breaker win the NXT championship if he was going to get it back in the first place. This just, I don't, I'm not going to say it felt, it just felt weird, right? Like, it just felt weird to, to do this move the way that they did. Yeah. And it was just like so many other, this was kind of like the whole post match to Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. There was a thousand other ways to do this in the not the way they did it. You could have had Braun Breaker win at Stand and Deliver and do the rematch here with, with Dolph Ziggler. I understand you wanted maybe a title change to make this show a little bit more noteworthy. Okay, then you should have gave us what we called for as Stand and Deliver is Braun Breaker being a little bit smarter than last time and coming with reinforcements for Robert Roode and coming out with the Steiner brothers. Give us the nostalgia pop. Yeah, You're something. very good at that. You you literally devoted two nights of WrestleMania to nostalgia pops. So you were very good at this. Why wasn't this the place where we have Rick and Scott Steiner, at least in his corner, to, to counteract Robert Roode? All they had to do really was like pull him off the apron or something. If they didn't want to do any moves or do sure. any physical stuff, just pull him off the apron. And then Braun does the dive that basically took out Robert Roode from this whole entire match. If all it took was a dive to take out Robert Roode, it just made me wonder why didn't Braun break a dude that sand in the living room? Why he didn't do this on Saturday since Robert Roode got thrown out of that match and literally he came back like nothing happened? Like, I know oh. that that made no sense. 
It just yeah. like it's just like the booking of everything was just like, did you guys care about this show? Did you guys really think about this before you made the decisions that you did? So yeah, this was very puzzling for someone that I have to review NXT on on Wednesday over on Wrestle Talk Podcast. I'm I'm I have to talk about a match on Raw now. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, WWE. It it makes me think that maybe just maybe we're also going to get some shenanigans tonight involving Mandy Rose and the NXT uh, Women's Championship because she retained in that fatal four way when it felt like they were leaning towards Cora Jade winning. So maybe they do something here where they do the NXT after stand and deliver type moment here where they give Cora Jade a one on one match and she beats Mandy Rose. And then that frees up toxic attraction to come up because that was one of the acts that we felt like could really desperately be needed uh, on either Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, especially adding to the tag team division, which, of course, uh, we will get to uh, coming up here in a little bit. But we'll see what's down the line here for for both Breaker and Ziggler. I, I kind of like Ziggler in NXT a lot. He has felt, and this is something that we've talked about on the show, he's felt more important than NXT than he has felt like anything that he's done that's mattered in the last three years up on the main roster in, in, in WWE. So I really like that for him. So that's part of the reason it's like, I was happy he retained like, great. Put Braun Breaker on Monday night raw. He's an upcoming star. You can do some new ground with him. Let him cut his teeth over on raw for a while. And maybe he turns into a major star that you hope so. And then keep Ziggler down there in NXT and just, you know, let him keep doing his thing. But now it's like, okay, where do we go from here? And I guess that's why they, they want us to tune in uh, to NXT tonight and find out we appreciate everybody who is uh who is here joining us today make sure to get your comments in your questions in a lot we're going to dive into deeper here as we uh as we always do here on the believe in pro wrestling podcast by the way if you haven't subscribed yet please do that like share subscribe we gained a ton of subscribers and a ton of followers over the weekend in wrestlemania which made that trip for me very very worth it a lot of great stuff up especially on the interview section if you missed cody Rhodes' entire media scrum watch it Seriously, it is up there right now. Watch it. Watch all 50 minutes of it because the guy the guy gives incredibly thought out, intelligent, and as far as I know, honest answers. And he's one of the best like press conference. As a guy who covers, quote unquote, real sports, that was the best press conference I have ever taken part of. It was great. Uh, make sure to watch that. Of course, we also got interviews up with Becky Lynch, with Rhea Ripley, with uh, Sami Zayn, with AJ Styles, uh, with Los Lotharios, which was incredibly fun. Don't sleep on those guys. Make sure to check all that out. Uh, really, really appreciate you guys. And uh, again, get your questions and comments in as we continue here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Live edition, baby. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, SP3, you, you, you touched on it a little bit here. And I saw people hating on this last night, and I'm going, oh, gosh, if you're hating on this, I really hope WWE has something else up their sleeves because otherwise people are going to be trashing this show. And then they didn't, and obviously everybody is is trashing the show, but there were a lot of people who did not like Cody Rhodes' promo last night, or at least, as you alluded to a little bit earlier, felt that it fell a little bit felt flat or felt a little bit hollow. So safe to say Cody's first promo didn't exactly live up to your expectations last night. Why is that? Um, I wouldn't know. I would say it lived up to my expectations because I know how to temper. 
my expectations. Ah, fair, fair, I don't. Fair. I wasn't expecting the AEW Cody Rhodes type of promo. I was expecting a WWE version of Cody Rhodes of the AEW Cody Rhodes, which that seems to be the common complaint about this so i was expecting it a lot of people weren't and a lot of people were calling it out for coming up flat or a little bit hollow and i think it has to do i think uh it was ollie davis of wrestle talk that said it best that the connection that cody rose created with the fans was a guy that was a rage against the machine it was a guy that wasn't treated right, that wanted to redeem himself, redeem his family name against the machine. And now it's a guy that has to go back to the machine and redeem himself within it. So it's very different type of character. And I think that he got that across very well in that first promo. But at the end of the day, he's talking about a title that pretty much doesn't exist anymore the WWE championship. It's not even called that anymore. It's called the undisputed WWE universal championship. So I, under, I understood the, the, the testament of what he was trying to say. And I, I got the emotion of it. Um, you know, the, 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 you know, faking of the kind of the tears and stuff. I know there's emotion when he talks about dusty, but he did it. He, he hammed it up a little bit too much, too many times in it. So that's another way where I can see the complaints. Like I know how to see it from both ends of the spectrum. This lived up to my expectations. And I thought it was a really good promo from what we usually get in WWE. And it places Cody on that upper echelon of like the top five, top 10 guys on the mic in WWE. If we get this on a regular basis, you know, Sean Russ, Apple Fightful, as well as Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer, both reported that this promo was unscripted. Continue on that path. And yes. I think that we can get some gems out of it. And I felt like this was the only time in the show the crowd was fully invested. It felt like the Raw after WrestleMania, the you can do it chance, the you deserve it chance. This is all the welcome home chance that wasn't no AEW chance. This felt like a Raw after WrestleMania promo for someone who was like a returning hero. So I'm very happy for Cody Rhodes and he should be very satisfied for what he delivered. But I definitely 100% understand the people who feel like it didn't live up to expectations. For, for me, right, I knew it was going to be a good promo regardless because Cody Rhodes cuts a really, really good promo. And as long as they went out there and they let him do his thing, I knew it was going to hit. So the promo to me did live up to my expectations. More importantly for me, it lived up to my expectations of what I wanted to hear out of Cody Rhodes and the presentation of Cody Rhodes. I wanted him to be brought into WWE as a major star, as a top-tier performer, as a world title contender. That is what I wanted to hear out of Cody Rhodes. And listening to him in the media scrum say a lot of the similar things that he said in that promo last night, I love that. I love that he used real-life shit and brought it out onto WWE programming. That is great. Yes, I agree with you. Please let these people be themselves for the love of God. Talking to Rhea Ripley in person and her getting to showcase her personality as opposed to what the script writers give her to use on Raw is night and day. If you just let Rhea Ripley be Rhea freaking Ripley, she would be over AF. Like, seriously, she is really, really good. Let that woman talk. Um, but it was always going to be about the presentation of Cody Rhodes. And I love the story of him coming in there and saying, hey, look, I'm here for me. I am here 
For me, I'm not trying to better the wrestling industry anymore. I've already accomplished that, which, by the way, that was the exact same thing that we heard out of Samoa Joe at the Ring of Honor press conference. He said the exact same things. They just went in the exact different direction. So if we're going to praise Samoa Joe for saying, F you, WWE, I'm going to get mine in AEW, I feel like we got to say the same thing for Cody Rhodes saying, hey, look, I did my betterment for the wrestling industry. I'm here for me now. I'm here for my family. I'm here to win the WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. And to me, I think that signifies that it's going to happen. And it should happen sooner rather than later. I don't think you need, I don't think it should happen like this month. But I think SummerSlam, Nashville, Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, that's your main event. And that is going to be the first time that somebody beats Roman Reigns in what? Three years? Over three years at that point? Remember, it was Roman Reigns. This version of Roman Reigns that debuted at SummerSlam. I think it would be perfect if his reign as this Roman Reigns ended at SummerSlam. But three years later at this point, boom, let's go. Cody Rhodes there. I think it has to happen. Well, it'll be two years because he, two years, uh, yes. yeah, he debuted he, that this tribal chief head of the table version of Roman Reigns came back at SummerSlam 2020. So I do agree with you. And I said it last night uh, in the True Hill Heat chat over there when they were doing the watch along. And I'll say it here. The 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 plan should be Cody Rhodes wins money in the bank in Nash in uh, Las Vegas in that stadium. And then. He calls his shot. He pulls a Rob Van Dam in 2006, and he comes out the next night on Raw and tells Roman Reigns, I'm facing you at SummerSlam, and I'm cashing in money in the bank. He should be the noble baby face that calls his shot. Don't do the the big E way of, oh, I'm going to tell you when I'm going to cash it in, but I'm still going to cash it in after you have a match. But no, he tells him, I'm cashing it in at SummerSlam. This is the event that you came back at. This is the event that you set records on last year against John Cena. This is the event you're going to finally lose your championship, and I get to take it from one of Dusty's kids. Yes, exactly. That was one of the... That was one of the best answers that he gave, in my opinion. And I'm not just saying that because it was my question. Uh, that was one of the best answers that he gave. And that's why I'm looking forward to, to Seth Rollins and, Ro- and, and, and Cody continuing their feud is because there is so much of that personal history that they could dive down there. And I loved the old, you know, hey, welcome back last night. Pat on the back. Appreciate you being here from Seth Rollins. And that kind of leaves it open to, hey, there's some respect there, but I still don't like you kind of a yeah. thing that they can build off of that and I'm, I'm really looking forward and i hope they do dive into the dusty's kids things on, on wwe programming that would be great and with the money in the bank people need to remember money in the bank 2013 the plan was for cody to win that and yeah. then they decided otherwise when cody was the most over guy in that matchup he the fans got behind him for really the first time in his career was back at Money in the Bank 2013. So this is furthering the whole redemption story that Cody Cody basically set out. That's why I really like this first promo on Raw because he told his story. He gave you basically what's going to be his journey, and his journey is to that championship gold. So you need to kind of progress that at these big shows. You got you know WrestleMania backlash where probably than likely going to get a rematch with him and Seth Rollins, which should be great. And then, you know, Hell in a Cell, maybe you give him another person to take down on his way to Money in the Bank. He wins there. And then SummerSlam is the big moment for Cody Rhodes. Looking forward to it. Uh, One thing I'm not really looking forward to, 
is next week on Raw, our 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 women's tag team title match, which is another thing that was really freaking weird last night because Rhea and Liv, they lose clean as a sheet, which is fine. Okay. I I I wouldn't have booked this match personally last night. Didn't make a whole ton of sense to me. I hate championship contenders matches. I have been very adamant about that. I think it's dumb that you have to beat the champs to get a shot at the champs. But when you have an ever dwindling tag team division, this is what you're basically left with. And we saw the same thing that we saw with Rhea and Nikki. Nikki loses a match. Rhea gets kind of pissed and kind of storms off. Liv loses a match. Rhea gets kind of pissed and get and kind of storms off. But then we come back and she is all like, I went and I talked to Pierce and I talked to Sonya and they said, hey, even though even though we lost, we're we're gonna get our tag team title shot next week. And this time we'll we'll be it'll be better. It'll be different. It'll be great. And we'll we'll come out on top and everything will be great. No, it's not. They're gonna lose and they're probably gonna split up. And then we'll be left with all of two, maybe question mark, uh tag teams in the women's division again, uh, because uh Carmella and Zelina Vega also split last night before Carmella and Corey had a makeout session on live television. Anywho, but all of this is happening at the same time that the, we are getting reports. They're about to add to this new collection. Thank you, SP3. This new collection of Edge and, and Damian Priest, which, boy, it sure seems more and more that they keep adding all these legal terms that it might be called the grand jury, uh, which I called two weeks ago. And I will uh, be running around my living room and lighting up social media if and when they do finally drop that name on television. Uh, but one of those names, interestingly enough, was Rhea Ripley that they are considering adding to this, a name that you brought up as somebody that you would love to see uh, get added into the mix here. So I'll say it. Do you think they are setting it up? Do you believe that Rhea Ripley ultimately will end up with Edge and Damian Priest? And do you still like that idea? Oh, I absolutely love that idea. And I love the fact that it got teased and you could kind of see her look is very reminiscent of both of these guys look when, when they came out. And I absolutely loved Edge calling Damian Priest the punishment for the guilty. Yes. that he, Because his name was Punishment Martinez. As an ROH mark, I marked out so much <laughs> for that line. Because I was like, yes, because he had a great freaking name we had a name that they wouldn't turn into his whole entire character <laughs> but, but to be I mean, fair I, damian priest is a great name as well until they turn it into the split the split personality thing exactly exactly if they're gonna use a name as this whole entire character i'd rather it be punishment martinez than damian <laughs> priest honestly but uh, i just really uh like that whole line and i like rhea ripley kind of going with them because it makes a whole bunch of sense she is very much a, a protege of beth phoenix so you got that connection there she kind of falls in line with their look and the feel that they're going with so i would really enjoy her joining this group Group. And I loved Edge's promo also bringing up the fact that both guys turned heel on the same night on Monday Night Raw just over a month ago. So it was a very a couple of good things. Also, the report from Fightful also mentioned Tommaso Ciampa. It was literally it was literally like they listened to the Believe in Pro Wrestling <laughs> podcast like that. I was like, I was like, oh, this is great. They're pitching all the Let's just go find all the bearded gentlemen that look great in black. And we'll add in Rhea Ripley, who also looks fantastic in black and call it a day. Exactly. And call it the grand jury so Rick can be right for once. Like, this is all the things. This is all the things that Believer Pro Wrestling Podcast is about. We believe in the grand jury. That's what that's what the catchphrase is. Hashtag believe in the grand jury. B-L-E-A-V. That's what our new catchphrase is for this show. 
uh, good catch by Queen here. Said they had purple lighting behind her during her promo with Liv too. So uh, you know that that also might be a little. WWE's very good with the Easter eggs, and you saw that a lot during the Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt, you know, phase. They love to drop in their little Easter eggs like this and flat out tell you what their plans is. They don't always follow through on them, but they tell you what their plans are, plain and simple. And it's just if you're smart enough to pick up on them, great. And you know, with that kind of what I did with edge dropping all these legal terms and and saying the word judgment a lot and then yeah dropping damian priest you know the the, the what, what do they call him the pun the what did he the, say punishment punishment for the guilty yes the punishment for the guilty i love that i love this dynamic of using i said use tomaso champa as the enforcer but using damian priest as the enforcer of whatever this group is going to become is going to be fantastic and the fact that it's led by edge signifies to me that anybody who gets in this group is instantly going to be elevated. All right. And this group is going to get a major push. And I would not be surprised by the way. And I'm not saying I wouldn't be against it either. I'd still think WWE eventually is going to split the titles back up. I think there's going to be a WWE and a universal champion again at some point. Don't be stunned. If sometime later this year, we have edge as the universal champion and Cody Rhodes as the WWE champion. I, I could definitely see that happening. Could you imagine if you had this group just running roughshod on Monday night raw, where Rhea Ripley is the raw women's champion edge is the WWE as the universal champion. You could have Damian priest as the United States champ again, and then put a tag team in there and have him win the raw tag team titles. We have not seen a faction pushed that hard and dominate that much on one brand since what evolution. The Shield. The Shield. Yes, you're right. But even then, but even then, none of those guys won a world title until after they split up. Yeah. So push that hard? I think you have to go back to Evolution, where you had the Intercontinental Champion, the Tag Team Champs, and the World Champ all in one group. Uh, well, well, people people glorified that a little too much. It only lasted a month, ladies and gentlemen. I would Still say the Shield. Happened. I would say it the happened. Shield is more is more because they were undefeated. They were two new stars who they pushed, and this is very reminiscent of that. It was what they tried with Legacy, with uh, Randy Orton having the WWE Championship and Cody and DiBiase. They won the tag team titles, but never at the same time as uh, Randy Orton. But yeah, the, if you want the visual, it would be reminiscent of evolution. Yeah. And it doesn't have to last long. I, I think having the, I mean, it's kind of like undisputed era when actually undisputed era, having all the gold, you know, that, that was the most recent. Uh, so uh, excuse me for ignoring NXT there for a second, but um, it would be a hell of a visual. To Don't see worry. Whatever. WWE, WWE ignores NXT as well. So it's okay. <laughs> totally fine. Not as much anymore. No, they, well, they ignore NXT. They don't ignore NXT up 2.0, which, uh, again, we, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll dive into that just uh, coming up here in a little bit. Uh, one of the other big shockers uh, that we saw last night, I say shockers because it was totally telegraphed by MVP uh, ahead of time. MVP turns on the almighty. He beats up Bobby Lashley. Well, he sucker punches Bobby Lashley and allows Omos to take down the almighty after Bobby got the win over the big guy at WrestleMania. Do you think this is a good move now to kind of, cause Bobby's over. Bobby isn't over. He can make that baby face transition MVP. Not as much works great as a heel manager. To me, this move makes all the sense in the world. I know MVP and, and Bobby Lashley were a great combo. They work really, really well. MVP literally helped elevate this man to world champion status 
Never forget, before MVP came along, this man was making out with Lana and having wedding segments that was interrupted by Liv Morgan. All right, never forget that. And then he aligns himself with MVP, and he goes on one of the most dominant stretch runs that we have ever seen somebody booked. Roman Reigns level dominant. And I say that because even when he lost, he was protected. Every single time. He didn't get beat for the United States Championship. It was a triple threat match that Matt Riddle beat... John Morrison. John Morrison, thank you. Johnny Bloodsport. If yeah, you, if you watched all the other events during WrestleMania, yes, and then what a month later he was WWE champion at that. So, yeah, this is a guy that really got elevated by MVP. But I think when you look at Omos, he needs MVP a lot more than Lashley does at this point. This makes a ton of sense to me. Yes, SP3. Yeah, I think this is the best move WWE has done with Omos, you know, putting him with AJ Styles in a tag team. That was really good because AJ Styles can do all the bumping. He can do all the work. And then Omos comes in and just beats a giant and beats everybody up. That worked perfectly. But this is the best move that they've done for him because Omos weakness, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, is him on the mic. He's not very good on the mic unless he's singing a Jay-Z song uh, at Wally Mania. Put that on television! <laughs> put Why it not? on TV! Well, why not? But but MVP just works very well for what they're going for. They want him to be the new monster heel. MVP is the best person to put them there. Like you said, he did tremendous work with get elevating Bobby Lashley from taking him from a mid-card uh, heel to a main eventer and a headliner and a two-time WWE champion, but he, he his time with MV with uh, Bobby Lashley is done. Bobby Lashley is ridiculously over. My the downside to this is I don't want WWE to start booking Bobby Lashley as the smiling baby face again. Mm. Uh, we've seen that that doesn't work, and he was smiling. Yeah, the Ronda Rousey bit. syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was smiling a little bit too much during the Monday Night Raw, and I was just like, "Let's not go there." The Almighty, the aggressive Bobby Lashley, is what's gotten over here. That's the that's the guy that these fans are cheering. The guy that you've pushed so hard as a heel, as this monster, as this Almighty Champion. That's the guy that's gotten over with the fans as a babyface. Do not revert back to what he was in 2018 because that's not a good thing, ladies and gentlemen. It's no. not what anybody wants to see here. We don't want to see Lashley sisters. We don't want to see him with the headband again. We want to see the almighty keep him on the road, but just make nope. him go against heels. That's all exactly. you have to do. Keep the character. Just go against heels. That's You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say so often. We see them turn babyface because of all of the really great work that they were doing that the fans fall in love with. And like, hey, we want to cheer this guy. And WWE goes, all right, you want to cheer this guy? Great. You're going to cheer this guy, the person. But we're going to change his everything that you love about him because now he's a babyface and he can't be doing all those heelish things as a babyface. Bullshit. Yes, he can. Just have him do it against people that the crowd likes to hate. That's all he's going to do. It's very simple. It's very simple. That is all you have to do. And that's what I hope they do with, with Bobby Lashley in, in this situation. I hope so, too, but I have no faith in the world for WWE <laughs> to do this. But as far as just in a vacuum, pairing Bobby, or pairing Omos with MVP, very smart decision by WWE. All right, SP3. Look what they did to my boy. <laughs> just look what they did to him. 
By the way, is it just me or does Ezekiel, Elias, whatever, does this man look like the kind of guy that has to shave halfway through the day to still make it look like he's clean shaven? Like one of my buddies has to do that. Like at work, we used to work in the restaurant industry back in the day. And one of the rules was you had, you couldn't have a beard. You had to be clean shaven. And so uh, he would come into work at like two o'clock in the afternoon after shaving at nine o'clock in the morning. And they'd be like, dude, what are you doing? You need to shave because his, his facial hair just grew in that quick. He had a five o'clock shadow by noon. So he used to have to shave twice in the twice a day <laughs> to be able to work in this freaking restaurant. Elias strikes me as that guy. Dude looked like he shaved at nine o'clock yesterday morning. And that's what he looked at it like at nine o'clock at la night last night. But by the way, I'm not the only one, right? Like we all thought Ezekiel Jackson was back when that jumbotron. <laughs> I was waiting for this is what we call domination. This is <laughs> the concentration. Oh man, that theme song was a bop. But literally, we got Ezekiel on the Titantron, and then one of the NXT, uh, one of the NXT 2010 cast members came out. And then it was only it was only when uh, Kevin Owens said looked at him and was like. Elias? Elias is when I realized who it was. I realized who it was, right? Like I, I looked past the bit. I knew who it was when he came out and I'm like, what the fuck did they do to Elias? There is one thing that I really do like about this though. They didn't treat us like we were dumb. They didn't treat us like we were dumb. They didn't treat us like Elias didn't exist. They flat out said, had Kevin Owens say, Elias and Elias go, nah, man, he's dead. I'm his younger brother, Ezekiel. And I'm like, okay, this is stupid as shit, but at least they're not treating us like we're dumb and like history didn't happen. They've done this before in NXT. Let's not act like Piper Niven is a person who existed. Who is this? Oh, it's Dewdrop. At least, even with Butch, right? At least they drop that line that say, you know him by another name. But we call him Butch. So at least they're now starting to acknowledge that these NXT talents and former now WWE talents existed in some other kind of life form back in the day. So I can at least appreciate WWE for not treating us like we're dumbasses who forgot that this guy existed for the last three years. And at one point was one of the most over acts that the company had. They just never booked him to win. Never forget, this guy lost to like Jackson Riker for like seven straight weeks. And then they couldn't get Riker over as a baby face. So they buried Elias literally and then fired Jackson Riker. And we haven't seen him since. That said, Ezekiel, Ezekiel. Okay. The younger brother, Ezekiel. <sighs> I got to agree, though. I got to agree with Queen. I'm kind of intrigued to see where this goes. Like, again, they're not treating us like idiots. We all know that's Elias, and Elias knows that it's Elias. I want to see where it goes, SP3. They got my attention with this, at least. Maybe accidentally, but they got my attention with it. That makes one of us. Um, <laughs> I, 
I mean, it was it was kind of funny. I I won't I won't front because Kevin Owens is just great. Kevin Owens was one of the MVPs of the whole Raw after WrestleMania, along with Cody Rose. Ironically, they burst uh, after the show went off the air. Uh, but that would have those- felt like Raw after Mania, by the way. Put that match in the main event. Yo, what are you I- doing? I was like, yo, why didn't Kevin Owens interrupt him getting all upset because everybody's talking about him. Yeah, he just had his WrestleMania main event. Yeah, he lost to Stone Cold, but he was the person that delivered Stone Cold to everybody. And now he's challenging Cody for tonight. That could have been the main event. You put you could have just moved Roman Reigns to the 10 o'clock hour and end the show with that. Like originally when the when Fightful put out what the what the plan was for last night's Raw, they had Cody closing the show. And I was like. Well, after the show, I was like, well, that would have been a very wise decision because that was the only part of the show that felt like Raw after WrestleMania. So at least the fans would have been anticipating that for the rest of the show and people would have tuned in for that moment at the end of the show and you would have seen a pop for the last bit of the show. But that that's besides the point. If you're going to have Cody open the show, you could have set up a match for the end of the show with Kevin Owens and yes. I would have been perfectly fine with that. Uh, but I would have far- stayed up for that. I, I struggled, but I would have stayed up for that. Yes. Yeah. But like this was this was all right. This was a cool little re-debut. I like him saying, you know, he's Elias' younger brother. And it felt like very Mizdow-ish. It felt like the Mizdow character once again. And this has potential to be funny, like the Mizdow character was. I just like I said before, with other things with Bobby Lashley as a smiling baby face, it's it's why it's it's depends on how much faith you have in WWE to deliver something that's entertaining and something that's well thought out and something that builds from week to week. This has the potential. Uh, you know, I, I I feel like for Kevin Owens, this is a bit of a downgrade to go from Stone Coast. Well, what wouldn't be a downgrade, though? But still, he went from the WWE title scene to Stone Cold Steve Austin. At least like that, that was pretty much even ground or even he went up a little bit by having Stone Cold Steve Austin in the main event of WrestleMania. And then you went a steep down, uh, steep, <laughs> steep drop down yeah, to it, Ezekiel. It's, so, it's, it's very Becky Lynch, WrestleMania 35. She beats Charlotte and Ronda Rousey in the main event. And then the next night on Raw, it's Lacey Evans. I, I don't agree with that because I felt like that was a test. That was it. That was basically WWE saying we made this big star. Now we're going to see if you can make a new star. And Becky Lynch didn't do that. I'm just keeping it real. But I feel like the Becky Lynch now she's done that. She's done that with Dewdrop. She did that with Liv Morgan for a time during their programs. She just wasn't there in 2019 for Kevin Owens. You can yeah, okay. That actually is that actually is because he now he has to make this whole new character work. Yeah, he made the build up to WrestleMania, so you're actually you're all right. No, excuse me, you are. Right. <laughs> but he made the whole build up to to WrestleMania work without Stone Cold being there. I'm still baffled by why you didn't book that as a as an actual matchup. I'll I'll forever be confused on that much. But he made it work for what it was. It was a great surprise, great matchup with Stone Cold, a very memorable WrestleMania main event. And now he has to make a whole brand new character from someone we already know work. So hopefully Kevin Owens can keep up what he did last night, which was great. I agree with Queen Mo uh, that yeah, his reaction to him was amazing. So hopefully he could do this from week to week and get this Ezekiel character over. One of the biggest things that we didn't talk about from the weekend that I think a lot of people have glossed over because this does not happen very often. WrestleMania night two, 
Vince McMahon introduces Austin Theory. And yes, I know he lost to Pat McAfee in that match, but Austin Theory has, and it was a fluke, it was a fluky enough to keep Austin's momentum going. Austin Theory has been on a, uh, a, a white hot streak as of late. He beat the United States and Intercontinental Champion last week, and then he pinned Finn Balor again last night in a six man tag match. Again, kind of protected because he, he hit a lot based on how that match was finished. But this McMahon introduced Austin Theory at WrestleMania as a future world champion. That does not happen very often. Very reminiscent of Drew McIntyre. And we saw how that initially ended. And then years later, through hard work and determination, Drew McIntyre eventually proved Vince McMahon correct. Final question here on the five count. Buying or selling Austin Theory as a future WWE Universal Champion? Man, this is this is not right to even ask me this because y'all know what my answer is going to be. If you saw the WrestleMania prediction show for the first time on the show, I've admitted and I said the first person, the first wrestler I've ever interviewed was Austin Theory back in 2018 when he worked in Evolve. This was even before he won the Evolve Championship. And I talked about a whole bunch of things with him. And I talked about what's his goals in wrestling. And he said, it was having a match at WrestleMania, being a WWE champion, versing John Cena. He's checked off one of those off the bucket list, and I think he is eventually going to check off this one. You could tell by the way WWE has been treating him ever since this whole story started with a goddamn golden egg back at, at Survivor Series weekend. He has been built and being built. He's still this kind of comedic character that he was in NXT with uh, The Way, but I I like the stuff that they've been doing with him. Like they very much protected him in the loss against Pat McAfee. They built him up where the loss really didn't matter because he's beaten the two mid-card champions over the last week. And now it seems like he's being groomed to get his first singles gold on the main roster by defeating Finn Balor, which I'm totally fine with. Although Finn Balor has lost four times in a week without being at WrestleMania. That, yeah, that just uh, yeah, let's, a let's, lot. Let's focus away from Finn Balor for right now because I could I could just spew vitriol on that all damn day. Um, but, but Austin Theory, he has the look. He can talk very well. He can wrestle extremely well. And he is still very, very young in his career. This guy is has a, a full, like, maybe even two decades ahead of him in this business, ladies and gentlemen. He is a what we call a prodigy. He is only 24 years old. This man was born in 1997. Like, Holy shit. Come on, if you want to feel old, Austin Theory was born in 1997. He is a product of an amazing trainer who is still wrestling on the independent scene and had a whole bunch of good to great matches over the weekend in AR Fox. AR Fox is an independent legend. He had great matches with Blake Christian and Ninja Mac over the weekend for GCW, and he sat front row to see his greatest student have his first ever WrestleMania match. So this guy comes from a very, uh, very strong training school. He's being groomed by Vince McMahon. The connection and partnership with Vince is there. Is all the success in the world is coming to Austin Theory? Yes, he will be a future WWE Universal Champion. I agree, and it's and it's all based off of the the presentation. Like you said, he doesn't get a match with Pat McAfee if Vince doesn't have big plans for him. You want to know why? Because everywhere that Pat McAfee was on, every ESPN show, every Fox Sports show, every this, that, and the other thing, it, 
It was one of the most heavily heavily publicized matches of the entire weekend. And Vince knew exactly what he was doing because every single one of them had the the Chiron up there that said, Pat McAfee to face Austin Theory at WrestleMania 38. And everybody who knows Pat McAfee is going, who the hell is Austin Theory? And they're looking him up. All right. And then Pat McAfee gets to go out there and show out against Austin Theory. And people are also watching Austin Theory do their thing. They put a massive spotlight on Austin Theory. Oh, and then they put him in the ring with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's a major rub. He got to do his Stone Cold Stunner sell, which he has done on the indies before. John Alba put out a great video about that, uh, just showing him that almost to a T with the flailing arms, like he's just falling off of a building into a, an ocean or some shit like that. But, like, yeah, man, it, it, the way that they have presented him, the way that they have booked him, and I'll tell you what, man, yeah, he's a bit of a comedy character, but he has grown exponentially since NXT. When he was in the way, he was basically a meathead. Like, that's all he was. He was a dumb meathead. This is a guy who is smart. This is a guy who is aggressive. This is a guy who has goals. And I loved the promo exchange last night between the Usos and, and Austin Theory to kind of pull out that, that aggression and that aggressiveness. And we saw him cut a really, really good promo about how Pat McAfee got lucky and he's ready to go out there and whoop some ass. That's an Austin theory that I think I can really get behind. And then I think a lot of people are going to get behind. He's clearly got the backing of Vince McMahon. Everything as far as presentation that they've been doing with Austin theory over the last few months tells me, yes, absolutely. It may not be this year. It may not be next year, but it could be. It yeah. could be. You, you could tell me right now that Austin theory is going to beat Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania next year for the WWE universal or whatever championship it's going to be at that time. And I, I would believe you. I would believe you. A lot can happen in a year. A lot can happen in a year. We do appreciate everybody who has tuned in and stayed with us uh, for all 52 minutes of this half-hour podcast, our first-ever live podcast. Uh, we will try to do more of these as the schedule allows. This is my last vacation day before I return to the 9 to 5 uh, tomorrow, so I had a little bit of time to squeeze this in here today before I go do preschool visits forward to that uh but uh again if you guys got any final comments here get them in because we have waited just like everybody waited for months for the climax to finally happen we will close out the show with one more for the road sp3 veer finally came last night was it worth the wait here finally came ladies and aggressively, gentlemen aggressively aggressively came all over uh dominic mysterio all over the mysterio family he unloaded oh, on ray mysterio like no one has ever unloaded on ray mysterio in his life oh my god the whole mysterio family all they had was veer all over them, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he was all over the Mysterios last night. And did you hear the pop? Did you hear the pop for him? Oh, oh. man. The, the, <laughs> I heard it. I heard it as soon as his music hit. And he saw the beer Mahan on the screen. Oh, man. I would say that entrance was better than Cody's in a box with his head sticking out. That was better. <laughs> beer. Yo, that, that I was like, I was like, y'all better fix this set because <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That <laughs> but was bad. beer, beer got the pop. He came out. He was a he was a regular, you know, foreign heel. He was presented more like Rusev was back in yeah. like 2014. So they got to work on that. 
they gotta work on that because that's that's that that's a ceiling that I don't want to see Veer hit. I want him to go to the moon. I want to see more edging. So the next time Veer comes, it is something as good as what we saw on the Raw after WrestleMania. I liked it. I did. I liked. I like how he looks. I like the presentation. I like the music. I did hear an initial reaction, but then it felt like they turned the sound down because they're like, no, he's a heel. We can't have him cheer for the heel, which is dumb because if they just focused on social media for the last six months, they accidentally got this guy over by doing nothing with him. They, they succeeded in their fuck up <laughs> by, by, by just constantly putting out these promos and the signs that says he's coming to raw soon. Uh, so I think they should have leaned into that. They should have played into that, but all right, if he's going to be a heel off the bat, him beating the hell out of Dominic Mysterio and Ray Mysterio and, and standing tall. And yeah, we could do all the, the puns that we want on this, but um, yeah, I liked it. I, I, I liked the presentation. I liked his debut. I have no idea where it goes from here, but I think this is a guy who could be strongly, strongly booked. And he's obviously got some talent. He's got some swagger to him, too. If you follow him on social media, guy knows how to dress. Guy knows how to live. All right. Like, again, I don't know what they are trying to showcase. I don't know that much about the guy, but maybe let maybe show a little bit of that, like in that on-screen character. And maybe he'll get over even more organically and they can they can kind of lean into that. But uh yeah, I think it was worth the wait. We'll see what happens. We'll see how how his first match goes. Uh, to be honest, I haven't really watched a match of his yet. So, because they're always on main event, and I don't really watch main event. So, it is what it is. All right. Any final comments, questions, concern? Uh, as Queen says, uh, they need to stick him in those suits on TV. I absolutely, one hundred percent agree. Let this man be himself. Don't don't always have him in his ring gear whenever he's out there, even though he's not going to like. I mean, beat the hell out of some people in some suits. That was one of Triple H's best moves is when he just beat the shit out of people while he was wearing his suit. He didn't care. He didn't care if he was boardroom Triple H or the game. He was just going to whoop your ass. So, yeah, add, add a little bit of that to Veer. Why the hell not? Why the hell not, I say? I wouldn't mind it at all. He looks good in a suit. Him sitting in an Ikea is iconic social media <laughs> uh, picture now because Veer has come, ladies and gentlemen. He has came. <laughs> Yes, came to us. Thank you all for watching because because of you, because of your anticipation. <laughs> Veer has finally came. That's what it's all about. Is the two biggest things to come out of the Raw after WrestleMania is Veer came and the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast had its first ever live episode. Yes, we do appreciate you guys. Uh, again, like, share, subscribe. We're growing every week. We got big goals for this. Just because WrestleMania is done. And we got all that great content up from WrestleMania weekend. Does not mean we are slowing down. All right. Does not mean we are slowing down whatsoever. Uh, although we are taking a break tonight. Uh, there will not be. <laughs> we are exhausted. We are burnt out. And it was a long weekend. I'm not watching NXT tonight. <laughs> I'll try to catch I'll up. Watch on it in the morning. I'll, I'll try to catch up on it tomorrow. Uh, but we will be back as scheduled with our, our regular Dynamite show on Thursday. Uh, at 7 a.m. is when that'll be available. But again, thank you, everybody. We really, really appreciate you. This has been the first ever live edition of the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Go out and enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.